Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Brother Neil sharing with us the ministry of the Gideons. We ask in Jesus' name that you would bless them as they go around the world. And many of our own men and women participate in this ministry. Bless them in their endeavors and their work as they share the gospel and share the word of God. Bless them for it. We thank you for this special time we have together. We thank you for the sweet spirit we join with one another and have. And we ask that the Holy Spirit now would take the word of God and open it to our minds that we might truly understand what you have to say to us in our needs, our burdens, and in our joys. We thank you for this day. Another day that you have given us to live that we might glorify and honor Jesus as your people through this church and our work in this world. So thank you, Lord, for all you do to us, how wonderful it is. Oh, the wonder and joy, the blessing, the thrill of speaking with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, good morning. Good to see all of you who are here. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us, as we've said repeatedly this morning, please let us know who you are, and we'd love to get to know you better. 1 John chapter 3 is where I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles this morning. 1 John chapter 3, we're going to do something a little different because we've been sitting a while. Let's stand together and we'll read God's word together. 1 John, I know you're settled, but that's all right. You need to get up for a minute. 1 John chapter 3 is where we'll be looking this morning as we continue to talk about blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. We'll read the verses we were on last week, but we'll come to think about them in a different way today. 1 John chapter 3 Beginning in verse number 18, little children, let us not love with word, with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. We will know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him. In whatever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And then if you'll also read in 1 John chapter 5, beginning in verse 14, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Our focal truth today is this, that assurance of salvation is praying with confidence to God. Assurance of salvation is praying with confidence to God. We read it here, especially in verse number 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Today we talk about a very important subject, but before I do that, I ask you this question I ask you every week as we've been focusing on blessed assurance. Are you 100% certain today, young or old, whatever your age, whatever your condition, are you 100% certain today, assured today, that if you die today, you would go to heaven? This is the most important question you must ask and answer in your life. Because based on this, you have assurance of salvation, not self-righteous assurance. 
not basing it upon what you've done or your family is or what your good works might be, but based upon believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you come to have assurance. This is what God plans for all of us to have. Last week, we looked at these words in 1 John chapter 3 and talked about the danger of having a self-condemning heart where we, our heart condemns us as we, as we read from John in verse 20. And we worry about whether or not we're good enough or, or can we deserve the grace of God and we find ourselves falling back into despair and discouragement. This is not God's way. It is for us to understand the great love of God for us and as a result of that, all that Jesus Christ does for us in being saved and it brings comfort and joy and we know and believe in the love of God which He has for us. That's assurance. And my prayer is that all of you who are here today will live to experience the full and wonderful, joyful experience of having assurance of salvation. So today we come to think about prayer in relationship to assurance. There is a very important link because assurance of salvation produces assurance in my praying, in your praying. I have much to say to our church, the First Baptist Church, about prayer. I have some burdens about it. In the days ahead, I, try, I want to try to talk to you about that in some detail. Because as much as we are going, caring, loving, ministering church, I, I, I'm burdened that I don't believe we're the kind of praying church we ought to be. I believe that we need to learn together some important lessons about how to pray in the will of God and to pray by faith. And to ask God for great things according to His will. This is God's way. This has always been the way of God's people. From the beginning of the church. And I pray that God would help us as a church to have our minds enlightened. That we might know spiritually and have spiritual understanding and revelation. Not only into the uh, glory of the Lord Jesus. But into His truths of how we're to walk with Him and please Him. So we have a lot to learn as God's people about prayer. Today, we're going to look at the simplicity of what John says about praying. We won't go through all the details of it. Some of you will come up and want to tell me afterwards, well, you forgot this, you didn't mention that. We're only going to look at these elements and the importance of prayer as John speaks to us in this passage. So we think again today about assurance of prayer. I'm asking you now this morning, here you are. Here you are in this place. We are here and the Lord Jesus is present with us. I'm asking you today to evaluate your own personal prayer life. I'm asking you to evaluate your time personally with God. I want you to think about this related to your confidence in knowing Jesus Christ. I have three observations. First prayer is coming before God confidently. We read it here again in verse 19 and 20. Notice the phrase, before him. You see it there in your Bible? We know by this that we are of the truth and will assure our heart before him. In whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And so we have again in verse 21, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Here we are talking about not only our true presence with the Lord and that God is with us all the time, but oh, this is special. We're talking now about praying. When we pray privately, we come before God. Yes, we've come before God today as, as a congregation. We've sung, we've, we've uh, 
Praise God, we've heard testimonies from the Gideons, but we come now to talk about your personal time meeting with God. When you personally come before God. Prayer is first, coming before God confidently. Secondly, prayer is coming before God with a confident asking for His help. We come before Him, but we ask. Praying is asking, my dear brothers and sisters, 21 and 22. Beloved, I say to all of you, my beloved friends, I love you dearly in the Lord. Beloved, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. So prayer is coming before God and confidently asking for His help. And finally, We'll take a few moments and think about this, that prayer is coming before God, confidently expecting He will give us what we ask. Verse 22, whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. So for a moment, let's think about coming before God. Coming before God. There are some who have made it uh, such an, an issue coming before God that they've lost the idea of what it really means. You see, when we, when we pray, my dear friends, privately, we come before God. I ask you today, have you met with God today privately? Have you had already this morning time with God? Have you gone secretly to your secret private place? That certain place, we read that about the Lord Jesus... Uh, he went to a certain place and he was praying. And when he finished, the disciples said, teach us to pray. The Lord Jesus had a certain place, a secret place, uh, a specific place. It was a hidden place. And when we pray, we come before God away from all others. There is a time in the life of every believer in this room that you must learn to bring your assured heart your burdened heart, whatever condition you're in before your heavenly father who loves you dearly and sent the Lord Jesus Christ and has given you the blessed Holy Spirit. You come before him. You come before him now as a believer in Jesus and you come away from all others. We come and pray. We come before him and we come before a God who sees us and knows us. You know, the Psalms talk about this all the time. Psalm 34, I believe it is, says that the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ear is toward their requests or their needs. You see, when we come before God, we need time alone to settle ourselves and sit or kneel or bow or lay before the Lord and let him see us. Let him see us and for us to see him. When we pray, as I've mentioned to you, my dear friends, there is a spiritual experience that happens in prayer. When we walk through it too quickly, we miss it. I labored to tell you this when we were talking about our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. I remind you again today when we pray, we go to heaven before the throne of grace in spirit while we still pray in our body on the earth. This is a wonderful, glorious truth, but it is very real. It is very real. It makes your praying so much more significant because this is you meeting with God. There's no appointment you have 
in your life that will ever match the importance of your first appointment of the day. And I believe your last appointment for the day. And that is meeting with your Lord. I like what old Lloyd-Jones, the preacher said, prayer is coming before God, turning our backs on everything else and everybody else, excluding everything else and coming in to the presence of God. That's what it means to come before God. I love our old song. Brother Scott just sang one with us, tell it to Jesus. But how about this? We all know it. Sweet hour of prayer. Listen now to the words. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer. That calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne. Make all my wants and wishes known. Bids me. Throne of grace bids me. To make all my wants and wishes known in seasons of distress and grief. My soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare. By thy return, sweet hour of prayer. There is nothing like this wonderful assurance that comes from drawing near to God and coming before Him. I hope you all know it. I... I uh, I'm jealous that you experience it because it will change your life forever. You'll never be the same. The more often you come before him and you draw near to him. How did Paul say it? Hebrews 4.16, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. He says, since we have confidence to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, an assured heart is a heart filled with excitement and joy and holy fear because we've come into the presence of God. The second thing I'd mention to you today is not just this matter of confidently having our heart in a good condition, as Paul says, excuse me, as John says about uh, an uncondemning heart as we come before God. But secondly, prayer is a coming before God confidently asking for his help. Look, Prayer is a lot of things we could talk about, but praying is asking. The Lord Jesus spoke repeatedly about prayer, and he taught all of us who are his disciples that prayer is asking. And so we read again, verse 21, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And notice, and whatever we ask, we receive from him. I want you to pause on that phrase. For some of us stumble over this. I've been doing this a long time in my life and I've sat and talked with a lot of people about praying in their life. There is this oddity, this strangeness that some of us have about how we come before God to ask. I assure you, your children today didn't have any worry about asking you for things today as their parents. They've been asking you since they got up this morning. They're going to be asking you all day until you finally go to bed. And you may go to bed and put them down and they're back in there asking you while you're in your bed. They know about asking. Children ask their parents for what they want and need. When we cry out, Abba, Father, it is because of the Holy Spirit. And we cry to our Father and we ask. Your prayer life is a life of asking God for all that you have. Notice, the assured mind, the assured Christian confidently asks God 
for his help. Whatever we ask is whatever we ask as God's people. Many are fearful to ask God for what they need or for what they want or for what they desire. Many never ask God for anything. What did James say to us? You don't have it because you don't ask for it. And we complain and mumble in our Christian life saying, well, you know, I needed this, I needed that. But you don't ask. If you don't ask, you don't have many worry about whether God will hear them. Or they're so worried about uh, in their condition, well, will, will I embarrass God if I ask him for something that perhaps might be too great for him? But I promise you today that an assured heart is an asking heart. The Lord taught us to do this. He says to us repeatedly that we're to ask. I'm convinced John has continuing in his ears, echoing in his ears all these years later as he's writing these words. I'm convinced that he remembers that praying is asking for God's help. And the Lord said it to them in the upper room. I quote it, you know it, John 15, verse number 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And all through the history of the church, God's people have taken that as an encouragement to pray boldly for the world around them, to pray boldly for the work of God and for revival, to pray boldly that God would save uh, their loved ones and that God would do His great work in the world. And many prayers have been prayed in boldness in the will of God, asking for whatever we wish. When I have the word of God in me, when I'm abiding in Christ, when I'm keeping his commandments, as John says, and I'm doing those things that are pleasing to him. Well, you see, it's what we said a few weeks ago. When you get saved, your want to's change. You don't want to do what you used to do. You don't want to ask God for what you used to think you wanted to ask him for. Now you want to ask him for those things that will bring honor and glory to him. So when you're living like that, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish. The Holy Spirit will help you. We pray by faith. We ask in faith. Now, we don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to just quickly read to you. And if you would like to turn there, James chapter 1, you know these words uh, in this church. But I want you to read with me James chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. When do you need wisdom? Every day. When do you need God's help? When do you need his insight? When do you need his direction? Every day. So here we read. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Praying is asking. It's confidently asking God for what you want and need, who gives to all generously. That's the Lord we have. That's the Lord we have, who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man or woman ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. You see, the assured mind confidently asks of God. Whatever you ask, whatever we ask, we receive from him. That's faith. James says you do not have it, as I said earlier, because you don't ask for it. And when you ask for it, you ask for the wrong motivation so that you spend it on your own pleasures. 
Praying is asking in the will of God. How did our Lord teach us all to pray? What did we first learn when we came to know Christ, when we learned the Lord's Prayer? Your will be done. It's right there. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course I pray in the will of God because the Lord Jesus prayed in the will of God. I pray and I ask him. So that's why we read in 1 John chapter 5, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. So we pray in faith. We pray in the will of God. And we pray by the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, pray at all times in the Spirit. When you meet with God, as I said earlier, you, you, are, you meet God we worship in spirit and in truth, and we pray in spirit. We pray with our spirit having been transformed, but we also pray by the help and power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said it, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. We don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. And so the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I want you to think about the glorious thing that happens when you bow and come before God privately. You are asking, you are asking in your, in your, in your desire and obedience to God, living in a right place in the will of God. And the Holy Spirit is praying also, assisting you while the Lord Jesus is praying for you. In heaven, it is a blessed thought to see how we meet God in prayer. And yet so few of us have any time that we have given for this most blessed experience. It is that which is the most, how can I ever gain anything from God's word if I don't first meet God so that I hear from him in his word? How can I ever come to have true spiritual understanding of what, how I ought to live my life in this world, in my family, with others, unless I meet God and ask Him about it? So you see, assurance of, assurance of salvation, the assured heart is an asking heart. And finally, the assured heart is an expecting heart. Your children count on the fact that you will hear them and you will answer their requests. All of us were children at one time. We know the blessing of experiencing from our parents, from those that we love, what they give to us, these gifts that they give to us. Oh, my friends today, you know, you know what will warm your heart more than anything else? I'm going to say this and I want you to understand what I'm saying. But I'm convinced that what John is saying here in a very real way is this. Here is a great mark of assurance of salvation. Listen, you want to know if you're really saved? You'll know it because God answers your prayers. He answers your prayers. And many of us have experienced in our lives the humbling, joyful experience of having come before God in secret and seen and seen God openly, publicly, visibly do what we have asked Him to do. And even more than we ask Him to do. This is the blessedness of prayer. This is the blessedness of assurance in praying expectantly with God. Whatever we ask, look in verse 22. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Is there any doubting in that? Is there any question in that? Is there any major theological discussion to be had? No. 
Here it is, the child of God walking in the, the will of God with the truth of God abiding in them, who are practicing righteousness, who love God's people, who are God's people doing what is pleasing to the Lord and keeping His commandments. They ask whatever and they receive it from the Lord. This is our confidence. This is what we have and experience in Christ. And because of that, we experience the joy of the Lord saying, this is for you. My Christian child, this is for you. This is for you. Ask of me and I will give you. The prophet said, as the Lord said through him, ask of me and I will give it to you. The Lord tells us this as we close. When you pray, go to your inner room and close the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Listen now, listen, ask. These are the words of our Lord. This is for you in your prayer life. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Here's the promise of our Lord. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened to him. So Monica, Monica, this woman whose husband was not a believer, she was longing and yearning for her only son who was living a godless, wicked life, who was living in the world. It seemed that he was a grown man. He'd never, ever followed Jesus. She was devoted to the Lord Jesus. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed for her son. She asked persistently. She kept seeking she kept knocking. She prayed. She prayed with a deep burden in her life that God would take her son and glorify himself through, uh, through him and, and save him and change his life. And her prayers were finally answered. And the story is wonderful. We should all read it. It's the great story of Monica, the mother of St. Augustine. So here is this one, St. Augustine who has shaped the thinking of the church. He's a fourth century preacher. He was a man who was a lawyer and a man who lived for the devil most of his life. And he never got over it. His first writings were confessions, confessing how God had found him in his sin and through his love saved him. It's the same is true for all of us. But here is a praying mother. Here's a mother who prayed and prayed and prayed year after year, asking and she received. And the glory of her prayer was that this man was a blessing and continues to be to the church to this very day. So what do we remember today about these things? I'm just repeating myself. Assurance of salvation produces confidence in prayer. My friend, I love you enough to say it to you. If you don't pray, you probably need to ask yourself, am I saved? Because if you're saved, you will pray. You don't have to be led to pray, coerced to pray, uh, uh, you know, exhorted to pray. You will pray. You say, well, I want to pray better. Of course, we want to learn from the Lord Jesus and from the Word of God how to pray properly. Yes, that's right. But you will pray. You will pray clumsily, but you will pray. 
You will pray with your whole heart. You will pray like a child who knows that he is loved or she is loved by her parents. She can ask whatever, he can ask whatever they wish. Asking with confidence in prayer is the natural response of a saved sinner. You don't have, as again, you don't have to have someone force you to do it. You want to do it. And you find ways to do it. Do you have that private little place? Do you have that place where you meet and come before God and He, he sees you with His eyes? He looks at you. You look and stand and gaze before Him, bow before Him, whatever position it is. And you meet with Him by the Holy Spirit. And you experience the joy, the wonder of speaking with God and hearing from Him. And He hears you. Do you know that? Do you know that in your life? Do you expect God to answer your prayers? Or are you just throwing them out there with some hope? Well, maybe. Well, here it is. Maybe God. Maybe He has the time. Maybe He'll do something. Maybe. 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 Wait a minute. We've read it here. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do things that are pleasing in His sight. May God raise up in this church a boldness, a holy boldness for us to pray in these last days for those things that are the will of God and the purposes of God to be done, not only in our lives, but in our families and in this world around us. You see, God gives to His children what they ask Him. Here's Matthew 7, 11. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. This is the Lord now. If you know already, parents, grandparents, if you know how to give good gifts, good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give, are you listening now to our Lord? Give what is good to those who ask Him. So the Word of God says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight to the praise of of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door, nearer today than yesterday. He's about to come, and so we pray, come Lord Jesus. That's what we ask. Come Lord Jesus.